All right, so welcome back. Um, we'll jump straight right into it. So we recently just got off, you know, four days off. Well, I guess the weekend doesn't count, but due to the Queen's Jubilee, and I believe it's the Diamond one this year, um, she she was so graceful and so kind to her slaves that she gave us an extra day. Can you imagine? Her? She gave us, us slaves, scum, she gave us one more day off. Uh, which you wasted, I'm sure. But uh, our listeners, I'm sure, took the opportunity to obviously celebrate somewhere very far away, probably Malaga or Tenerife, um, as you should do, uh, in support or in lieu of the Queen. So, yeah, I mean, how was your how was your break? What did you get up to, brother? I really didn't do much, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had um had some plans kind of fell through, so I just. And I just slept for the four days. I did. I didn't even wake up during the jubilee. Um, mm. I can't remember. I don't know. It was in the morning. It was really early, right? It was like from nine to twelve, I guess. Like the celebrations, mostly. I don't know because when I woke up, there was nothing on the TV about it. Mm. I wasn't sure. It was an awkward one because you. I, I remember the last one, and there were like street parties and there was stuff going on, but like I don't know this year, like nothing. There was nothing on the streets, nothing like it was very quiet. Let me put it that way. Um, and even for the following days, I mean, we did go to Central and you would not know that the Queen Jubilee just happened. Like it was very meh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I've, podcast I've, feeling kind of meh at the moment, just discussing this, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, it was, it was just, it wasn't great, man. Yeah, it wasn't great. But anyway, anyway, um, maybe let's get onto the uh, meat and bones of it. Do you agree with the the jubilee? Like, should we be celebrating the queen's uh, rule anniversary? Um, seeing how you know, there's a lot of money that goes into it. I had a friend that told me that, you know, he could apply for a council loan or not loan, a grant from the council of around like a grand to just host a party because of the jubilee. Now, this could go to some poor, you know, single mother or you know, someone who can't afford rent or whatever, but. No, 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 no. We put money away for you to host the party. Um, so I guess you don't have to guess how my, how I feel about it. But like, what do you think? Do you think we should be celebrating or to what extent? I don't even think we should have a monarchy in this country. It just seems like it's such a backwards thing to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're quite, you know, modern with most things or we'd like to think of ourselves as modern with most things. I don't understand how you can still have a monarchy in 2022. And what exactly do they do? And that mm-hmm. whole thing about they bring in more money than we spend on them, that's bullshit as well. They don't. So, I mean, what is their, what is their use? Like, what do they actually do? I don't, I don't understand. And I don't think anything can justify the amount of money we spend on that family. Do you think like a monarch can't be justified today or can't be justified ever? Like, do you think it's just a stupid political system? Or well, as, it is, he... as it is today, no, it can't be justified. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree, because they don't really, uh, I guess they don't make any rules in Parliament, and all they do is really sign off and act like a, I guess, a figurehead, just like, a, you know, the, the mascot of the UK, but, you know, you may as well just hire the, you know, the Arsenal dinosaur or something like that, a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I think, uh, I think uh, we're not going into other countries on horseback, uh, and we don't need a king to lead us in in those battles anyway. So, uh, you know, we have a military at the moment. 
and we have a parliament everything that the king used to do or the queen used to do is no longer a thing that they do uh, I don't understand why we have this family why we have this family that has an open nonce in their ranks why we give them the millions that we do I just don't understand it. I think I think it's such an outdated way of being as a country and we as a nation just need to like put our foot down and say we don't want our taxpayer money going towards this family any longer i think if they were like actively involved in politics as in like they made rules and um then i could see the logic do you know what i mean like if they were even then though what gives them the right to make those laws some sort of divine birthright Uh, even then no it should be Mm. the best man that does that sort of role and i don't think that the royal family has ever been the best man. They're just a bunch of inbreds, bro. They're just marrying their cousins. And if this was if this was a guy in the South of America, you'll be calling them a redneck, a hillbilly, a this and that. But we've got a royal family here that we're supposed to like love and cherish because they fuck their cousins. I don't get it. Mm-mm-mm. A bit, a bit vulgar there, but yes, I, I do see your point. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I, I think when you limit, I mean, if we're going down this tangent, there's a reason why people also chose, for example, like Mussolini, who he's not, he wasn't a monarch, but you know, it was essentially the same thing where it was basically a fascist dictatorship. But again, people chose that. Um, is another reason why people chose, uh, well, I guess they didn't really choose, but with um, what's his name, Napoleon, and what he's achieved actually over his lifespan, I think couldn't have been achieved if he didn't have a um, a monopoly on politics. Yes, he wasn't a monarch, but effectively he was. I think when it comes to having a a figurehead that that is the final say and it allows a lot more to be achieved in politics yeah but the problem the, the problem with that analogy is that napoleon had to demonstrate some sort of uh value in the battlefield and the same thing with mussolini in the world of politics that actually led them to be heralded as the figurehead for whatever movement it was that they were trying to spearhead the problem with the king and queen and that whole monarchy system is that it's just whoever's born into that family and it's not even whoever's born into that family it's whoever's the firstborn son of that family so that that's why i just don't understand that concept as a whole because you know for example let's say if harry was the better military leader and he had the better mind for politics he still wouldn't be king because william would be the firstborn so even within the realm of the family it's an unfair allocation it's just whoever's born first which just doesn't make sense to me Mm-mm. Yeah, well, I was, yeah, I do agree. Uh, but I like to play devil's advocate. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a weird thing. And it's a weird thing that we celebrate it. I don't know. It feels very cultish. Uh, do you know what I mean? Is it like, what yeah, is the, it the, really? This country's approach to the monarchy is definitely cultish. Like, what, what's the difference between us celebrating this and North Koreans celebrating Kim Jong-un's, you know, 10th year? In, like, f- for me, it's just the same thing. So... The, uh, the semantics the... there is no there is no difference mm. there's absolutely at least with uh kim jong-un to an extent you can say well at least you know he runs the country makes the laws and stuff all these people do is just eat our money you know what i mean get get old and bloated with it and and that's it they actually have no value whatsoever and i think i've said this on a different podcast even if you try to do the whole argument of oh well they generate money well not really because no one comes down and actually has a face-to-face you know agatha aunt uh you know kind of discussion with the queen no one actually sees the queen they come down and look at the palace and stuff like that they, you know those buildings will still be there if we got rid of the monarchy so people can still come and look at them do you know what i mean we don't actually need the royal family mm. 
Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, what um, do they actually do other than embarrass us when they go abroad? I mean, you, you saw the latest disaster when uh, William and Kate went abroad. They basically mm. just got told by the uh, Jamaican uh, prime minister, I think his name is Andrew Holness, who basically just said, look, we don't want to be a part of the Commonwealth anymore. More and more Caribbean countries don't want to be a part of it, which is fair enough, good on them. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just send these guys over who've been, you know, raised in a world of privilege as ambassadors for our nation. I don't think they're the correct ambassadors for us anyway. They don't represent us. What mm. exactly is it that they do? Nothing. You cannot justify their existence to me. Mm-mm-mm. But are you not happy they gave us a day off? Won't you be grateful? No, but even, no, 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 even then, even then, a bank holiday, in essence, you know, it, it costs the economy a lot of money. Uh, an economy that you and me and people like us who work keep afloat. Mm. So, you know, they're giving us a day off. That that day off is going to cost us in terms of the economy. Our taxes are going to go to, you know, kind of fixing that little uh, dent in the, the economy caused by that day off. And again, working people are going to, like, we've got a bunch of unemployed, you know, job seeker type people living in these fancy palaces with more rooms than they could ever possibly need while half the country is you know barely above starvation and we don't look at that and see it for what it is which is a weird cultish kind of following of the royal family and uh, almost kim jong-un as you said ish uh, regime we we view it as completely normal it doesn't make sense to me Mm-mm. would it be cultish if they actually were achieving stuff at what point do you call things cultish if that makes sense like there's nothing at... that can justify mm. uh, the amount of money that we give them. There's nothing that can justify because again, it all comes down to bloodlines. It's racist in in itself when you really think about it. You're saying this guy's blood is more important than mine. You know, it's it's cultish in its in itself. You know, any monarchy in in and of itself is cultish. There's no difference to me between the royal family and the Manson family. It's the mm. same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's just cultish by definition. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, that's an interesting one. And I guess we can go from that cult to the cult of Boris Johnson. Um, oh, before we do, just yeah. I want to make a point. You know, you said, what will they have to achieve? The man who found the vaccine for polio didn't even patent it and let that go for free um, so that other companies could make it and we could actually get rid of polio. And that man wasn't made into a trillionaire. So, you know, there's no... <laughs> You know, if somebody actually that cured the disease doesn't get any kind of special treatment, there's literally nothing the royal family can do which can make me say, yeah, we should give them the millions and billions that we have. But yeah, Karen. But did he give me a day off though? I didn't think so. You know what? You gave yourself the day off. Don't be a bootlicker, (laughs) right? All right, mate. So moving on to the next uh, uh, wonderful British figurehead. You know what? Britain's full of these kind of people, like funny political figures that just fuck up your lives. Um, so moving on to Boris Johnson, um, as you know, the report came out on Partygate and re- really it looks very fishy on on Mr. Bojo. Um, going forward, they, I believe the Tories basically uh, uh, voted a no confidence vote. Uh, there was enough for them to uh, basically try to oust him. But uh, in the end, they failed to oust him on the confidence vote. So I, I think they have to have a certain number of Tory uh, MPs that uh, push for the vote I think it's around 50 and then they have to do a non-confidence vote which in the end he survived um, surprise surprise I don't know how, you know what's funny I told you this as well I said this from the start 
this guy is gonna like just keep surviving because we passed the threshold like the threshold was back in for me it was the covid stuff you know when they were making like hella money off the back of of like stupid contracts and you know giving it to family members for me once they did that and nothing happened this don can do anything you thought a little report was going to hurt him. Bro, of course not. You thought he was like light work, went through. Well, um, I mean, if you look at the, the history of Boris Johnson as a whole, throughout his career, throughout when he was, a, all the way from when he was a student up until he became the prime minister, is littered with controversy, is littered with him failing upwards, is littered with him making racist remarks, sexist remarks, homophobic remarks, you know, every kind of remark you can imagine, uh, lies told, promises broken. He's continuously shown that he's not a man to be trusted, and yet he's always failed upwards. And that is, I think, it says more about our society as a whole and the way it functions than anything ever could. And as you mentioned, you know, especially since he's become prime minister with the gaffes that he's done again and again, the fact that we didn't get rid of him before, at this point, he would have to go onto national TV and slaughter a puppy before they would get rid of him. And it's, again, a cult-like following within the Tory party where he's surrounded himself with a bunch of yes-men whose careers solely depend on him because they wouldn't be able to get into any other functioning government whatsoever who will continuously vote to keep him in, in Parliament and in his position. So he has got a ridiculous number of no vote um no confidence votes against him especially from the backbenchers i think they said almost 80 percent of them have have said that yeah. they have no confidence in boris johnson which by the way i think he got 50 votes more than theresa may got in her no no confidence uh, vote and she left that's crazy but he he won't i promise you he won't uh, and they're even talking about maybe they'll call an early general election um i think it's just ridiculous man i give him one thing this guy fights do you know what I mean? like Deep inside his heart, he will never give up. Even, even though he knows he's wrong, then he's a fighter. Like he'll go down to the very, very end. And it's like you said, you know, I, I look back at Theresa May and I'm like, I actually feel sorry for her. Like compared to what we got now, she was an angel, man. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like people really ran her under the bus. Uh, maybe my standards have dropped, but if we're allowing this to happen, I don't know why we got rid of Theresa May in the end. So, well, uh, what can you do? Um, it's going to be interesting. But yeah, this guy, one thing I, I have to give him is that this guy will fight tooth and nails before you kick him out. It's like you said, like to get him out, you actually need to have a general election and have him lose. But knowing the UK, like they'll do, even if they do a general election, he's going to win. I don't know. We, we love to suffer. Like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if you want to see the kind of British attitude that's developed over the past few years, all you have to do is go onto Twitter uh, and say, oh, ticket prices for train is is quite high isn't it and then you'll see just a ridiculous number of bootlickers just come out of nowhere and be like oh well actually it's not that high and blah blah this and that and you know we, we as a country really just enjoy to suffer it seems and nobody ever wants to to question the status quo and if you do you're you know heralded as a as a I don't know, a communist or whatever. And they say like, oh, he's just a crazy person. And yeah, that's it. I mean, we saw, I think the Jeremy Corbyn Labour Party leadership just gave a really good, I think it's a really good case study of how the British public are and how much we love to suffer. 
because even when he said like, oh, free internet or we'll nationalize the rail service, etc., you know, they were calling this guy everything under the sun. Why? Why? You're being you're being offered free things and you don't want it? I just don't get it, man. God forbid. God forbid we get stuff that will improve our children and is a long-term uh, investment for the UK citizens' lifestyle. God forbid. God forbid we give, uh, you know, equal access of information and, and you know, kids that don't have good enough technology to basically do well and compete against uh, other people in the UK to at least give them an equal platform to to try and level their lives. God forbid, God forbid. But, but Boris Johnson out here twerking when everyone's got COVID telling you not to see your grandma while she's dying, but he's out here whining on chicks. No, no, that's okay. That one is that one is a good one. Bro, the guy is a fucking philanderer. He's got like seven kids. He doesn't even know how many kids he has himself. He's more, he's cheated on his wives, multiple wives, by the way, plural, multiple times. You know, he's got a lot of illegitimate children. He's a, been a man who's been fired from high-profile job after high-profile job. He's he's been caught in scandal after scandal. I mean, there's not enough that you can say to really, really grasp just how horrible of a human being this man is. And I say that, and I genuinely mean him as a person. He's not a good person. Like this isn't about not having similar political opinions. I have I have some people that I've met in life which are Tories, which I thought, okay, well. They, they seem to be nice people. They just don't agree with me on the political side of things. But with Boris Johnson, I just feel like he's a bad person. Him, Pretty Patel, you know, Michael Gov, they just, they seem like bad people. And that, and these are the kind of cronies. And the, this is the mob that we have in, in charge of us at the moment. I think the mob is a, a good description. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, we cover this topic a lot and it just makes you depressed. So maybe we should move away from that and uh, talk about some brighter things. So I guess it's coming to the end of the year or for most people who are taking holidays and whatnot. Um, I don't know whether we should share our plans, Aaron, uh, just to give our listeners a heads up. Yeah, sure. In, ca- in case they care about our lives so much. So we plan on going to Tenerife. All right, me and Aaron. <laughs> um, should be good fun. Uh, I didn't realize Tenerife was an island just yeah, off neither, the coast of Africa. Neither did I. I. No, I knew it was an island. I didn't realize it was a party island. So we were actually oh, going to go to Sicily. And then my, my cousin who's coming with us, he, he was like, no, no, let's go to Tenerife. It's cheaper. And I said, yeah, we booked it. And then I found out it was a party island afterwards. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really looking forward to that aspect of it. But uh, I am looking forward to the beach and everything. So that's that's yeah. nice. I think, I, I think with these kind of things, you pick and choose what you want. Hopefully, like we can avoid that and just do what we like so just to give people insight on our personalities we're, we're not really like ravers or anything like that we'd like to take it easy um for me a good holiday is good food no headache i don't want to i don't want a headache and just sunny weather give me a beach and that's a bonus i'm happy so let's see in it let's see how that goes but um well in, in other interesting news um erin you recently really found out who you are you know uh, I don't know yeah, if you want to yeah. share that with the, with the viewers. I've done a 23 of me. Uh, by the way, horrible company. Do not use them. It took me like four months and repeated emailing and threatening to, uh, you know, um, basically just threatening to ask for my money back until they eventually got back to me with my results. But uh, yeah, they, I've done a 23 of me. Found out that basically, long story short, I'm almost 100% Kurdish. 
uh, I think like, what was it? 1.6% or something. It was uh, Southern European Greek Balkan and like 0.1% or point something percent. I was like Bengali and Mongolian, uh, something like that. Uh, I will say that it was quite interesting because uh, through the the app, you can see who's who else is related to you, whether it be a close or distant relation. And I've got a lot of like Americans in the south of it, like in Virginia and stuff that that are related to me, um, which I found quite strange because you know a bunch of Smiths and you know Davids and stuff like that, uh, and which I would have never thought at all. So that was that was interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was good to good to find out. I also found out that I have the genetics of a power lifter. So I have a genetic mutation that would mean that I, I could be a very good power lifter and I would have fast twitch muscles, which is which is nice to know because I've fully squandered that potential. Um but yeah, yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. I mean, you definitely don't have that. I don't know, that, that that's an error. Uh <laughs> like, well, like genes don't like in it. I don't know. I don't know. It was fully wasted on you. I don't know why, why you were given those genes, but it was interesting. All right, all right fella, you ain't exactly Arnold Schwarzenegger yourself. Yeah? Listen, let's mate, calm, listen, let's mate. calm down here for a second. All right, fella. Listen, mate, you better you better stop talking about my numbers, all right, before I bring them up. But um, yeah, it was interesting that you actually barely had any mixtures, and it's in the area of the world that is like the you know the middle of the world. So you think, I don't know. I would have thought like there'd be a lot of crossover. Um, seeing how the Romans yeah, were Yeah, I mean, I, mean I had I had the Iranian, Caucasian and Mesopotamian, uh, which was basically when you press on it and it gives you a further breakdown, which was basically uh, Turkey and Iran, which is where Kurds live. And then I had Anatolian, which again is part of Turkey, which is where Kurds live. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. that made up about 96.9% of my, my genetics. And, you know, I did say in, in there that I had the... Bengali or, uh, and Asian, it said, in my trace uh, ancestry. And I think if you remember, we had that relationship episode where I mentioned that I had a great-great-grandfather who saw a Asian gypsy woman and was like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming that's where those genes come mm, from. <laughs> that makes so sense. That, yeah, so that was a bit, uh, so that was kind of just con- uh, confirmed it a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. man, uh, it's interesting to know I feel like a lot of the time when people do these tests, they really want, oh, I really want to have like a mix. I want to want to find out that I'm actually part Spanish or part Italian. I'm just like, no, I, I was actually very happy that I, I got pretty much 100% Kurdish because uh, it just reaffirmed my identity. Uh, and I, no, I, I do think it's kind of weird if you do one of these with the express desire to... It's fetishized. European, yeah, to like, oh, I wish I have some European in me. That seems a bit, I don't know. It seems a bit no, like... I don't know, like, a little bit you know what i mean mm. um yeah so i i i, I think it, it was nice it's nice to find out but it was very good yeah and actually i'm glad this is finally confirmed that you are actually mostly neanderthal that that That's, was yes that was finally like i was like i understand yes now. I, I understand that one there everything. i'm not gonna lie they, they came for me a little bit hard because i apparently i have more neanderthal dna than 86 percent of the population which is quite high um, and, you know, actually talking about those relatives that we, I have in uh, America, apparently, whenever I press on them, it tells me what percentage of Neanderthal they are. Basically, I've got a bunch of white people that I'm related to who are way less Neanderthal than I am. I'm just like them, but more Neanderthal because there was always like <laughs> 6%, 11%, and my was like 84 And I'm just thinking, what the fuck is going on here? 
Um, can I now it's actually 86. Get yourself right. I was 86. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm 86. Yeah, percent. Yeah. I've got more Neanderthal DNA than 86 percent of the human population, which is uh, fucking crazy when I think about it. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> but you know what? I also found out. So I actually didn't do this for the for the um, where I'm from part. I've done it more for the health traits. So you know, I found that actually I have pretty much zero health uh, predispositions. I've got a slight increased likelihood of uh, type 2 diabetes. But the mm. stuff that I was really scared of, like late onset Alzheimer's, you know, the BRCA gene, Parkinson's, you know, uh, kidney diseases and stuff like that. I've got, I've got none of it. I've got no genetic variant that would make you believe that I, I, uh, I could develop these things. Obviously, I could still develop them, but uh, mm. genetically speaking, it's unlikely, which is a- nice to know. Yeah, I guess no predisposition towards. Yeah, no something. predisposition. So that, that that kind of helped me out a little bit in in terms of because I am a bit of a worrier about my health. So mm. obviously that was nice to to know that at least think, genetically I'm not predisposed. I think most importantly though, what was key to your health is that you know you're not going to be boarding. Um, I think you got an eighty-seven yeah, percent like, chance. Yeah. Boy, I got a very low percentage chance of boarding. So that's really if i'm being honest that's kind of what i wanted to know and uh, i'm glad mm. i found out i can rest i can rest in peace right now yeah you can now finally like thanos said you know i can finally rest um, yeah yeah 100 i'm gonna have my hair at least till i'm 40 it seems mm. that's so blessed 40 do you know like after, well, after 40, 40 let me go bald i don't care <laughs> yeah yeah exactly after 40 like you're twerking if you still want your hair um but no it's very interesting that you can learn so much just from your dna and for me, it's interesting the generation gap in terms of because I think the Iranian uh, one was like, well, the basic Kurdish one was one, two generation. But then when it came to like the Greek and Balkan, it's predicted five to eight generation back, which is no, that's a long time. Like that, that that's all, yeah, yeah. That's I, had, I had time. some Eastern European, like Polish or whatever, answered like eight, nine generations ago. And uh, mm. it's very odd. Very odd. Yeah, yeah. It was very odd. I, I'm, I'm not too sure how that happened because how do I not know about it? How do we, none of us know that we have like these mm. ancestors that are from different backgrounds? Like I've always been told that you're just 100% Kurdish. Well, actually not 100% Kurdish, like, uh, but pretty much 100% Kurdish, which I guess this did reaffirm, but I just didn't realize we had like Greek or, you know, uh, Eastern European ancestry, which apparently we do. Mm, yeah, it's, it's interesting. How, how many years is eight generations uh... Well, I mean, if you think the average, average person now lives to like 70 or 80, then you go mm. back that times eight. Uh, but then again, you have to also factor in that maybe people lived a little shorter back then as well. And I don't know, I'll say like maybe, I'm just going to make a figure up off the top of my head. I'll say like 300 years maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It says, okay, I'm on a website. How many years is three generations? Generally, three or four generation is a span of 100 years. Um, yeah, so it kind of makes it like 200 to 300 years ago, I guess, is, is when oh, wow. the first Eastern European kind of entered the family tree. But yeah, I mean, I, in a way, that's Weird. a long time. At the same time, I don't think it's that long that we don't know about it at all. Mm, that's, yeah, it's not that long. I mean, it's a bit mad. I don't know. Like, what caused an Eastern European... Like, think about travel today, yeah? Imagine like, to if if today someone went to like Kurdistan from Poland and had a baby, like that's mad already. Do you know what I mean? Imagine back then when you, they didn't even even have flights. Like there was no reason for you to go that far. 
all the way from Listen, one thing, one thing about a Kurdish man, uh, a Kurdish Vidink man, you know, from a family, they, they're going to find women somewhere, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. God knows what, what that fellow was doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I would, I would suggest that people kind of look into them a little bit. If they want, if they're interested as well, get get yourself a, a pack. Like I said, I had a horrible experience with Twenty Three and Me, um, so I would maybe suggest going to like I don't know, someone like Ancestry or something like that. But right, right. yeah, I think I think it, it's nice to know. It's nice to have that kind of that that picture. Mm. I think yeah, I, I think because your culture is quite mono and uh, quite straightforward, um, like you know, you kind of knew what the answer would be. Uh, I think for me it would be interesting to see because I have no idea. Yeah, um, we don't. I mean, we don't. We're not notorious for mixing with other other cultures and other yeah, races yeah. and stuff. So, like, I wasn't too shocked. Um, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of uh, Asian people also said similar things. Like, if you're from China or from Korea or somewhere like that, where they just say like, "Yeah, whenever we do it, we get a hundred percent from our our own region." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like somewhere like a North African country like Algeria, for example, that you know you've had multiple colonizers come in and especially you specifically i think yeah, your kind of tribe i guess if you call it you guys are more kind of wanderers yeah yeah they're nomads uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I mean technically kurds are nomadic as well but like i said we always stick to where we are yeah, with yeah. our people if that makes sense so um i would be interested to see your steve so maybe one day you can you can do one as well mm-hmm. so if you'd like to donate to my gofundme <laughs> no i'm kidding back off uh, <laughs> so um kind of a slow week this week and uh i don't know if you want to bring up anything else erin or no nah, not not really i think if i think the fans can probably fans you know i think that our listeners can probably no no, uh, no they're fans they're fans fans yeah look at me getting ahead of myself yeah i think our listeners can probably tell we're kind of low energy this week had a long week it's been tiring um there's not yeah there's not anything that's really worthy of discussion uh, to bring up that being said uh, you might see a, a little article going around by lad bible or i'm just bait or whatever talking about a new miracle drug that's cured 100 of patients um with cancer i just want to like clarify we like to try and stomp misinformation out while this uh, is a very new and very promising treatment the the sample size is only 18 patients and it's specifically for colorectal cancers and specifically for a, a specific subset of colorectal cancers. So um, this isn't a long-term study either. I think it's only been going on for a year. So obviously right. it's very promising, but they haven't found the cure for cancer just yet. So uh, maybe hold off on the celebrations just for the time being. But having a 100% remission rate from 18 patients, you know, even that is, is something that's quite um, exciting. Yeah, so with time, I'm sure they'll apply their knowledge there to other types of cancers to see if they can develop further drugs. And maybe this will be the beginning of, uh, you know, new revelations that cure cancer. But at the moment, uh, if you see those articles, you know, don't think they've found the cure for cancer just yet. Uh, It's an ongoing Mm -hmm. clinical trial. It's interesting, though, if you cure cancer, I mean, I'm just playing out the scenario. I guess most people get cancer in their later ages. You still... I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like most older people that die, die of some form of cancer. Um, would that just mean people live like forever or <laughs> obviously not forever, but no, I mean, you can, you can die of old age, you know, where organs just start to slow down and things stop mm. working just because you're older. Right. But I, I think, you know, 
the, the better understanding of nutrition, better understanding of sports exercises, better understanding of those things kind of mean that we can maintain a certain level of quality of life, um, both externally and physically for people. So mm. I think people will live significantly longer. And like you said, a lot of people, especially in later ages, especially now, we've seen an increase of the incidence of cancer, whether that be because of the types of food that we eat and again, environmental reasons or whatever, but there is an increase of cancer. So obviously if you start curing all of those people, then you'll see an exponential growth in the older population, mm. um, which is something that we've already seen anyway. Mm. With the advancements of medicine, we've got way more old people around now than they did about a hundred years ago. And especially yeah. if you cure cancer, given that it's something that primarily affects older people, you're going to see an even bigger increase on the older population, which then probably means we're going to have to push the age of uh, retirement even further forward because we won't be able to retire people, you know, because you can't have this massive, you know, millions, if not billions of people who aren't working, who are being funded by the state. But um, then, but then like, I mean, how far can you actually push it? Because, you know, you still end up with, you know, a lot of older people end up with Alzheimer's or physical problems where they, they literally, it's actually literal, like they actually cannot work. Even if you were an evil I mean, corporation that wants to squeeze the life out of people, like they literally can't work. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the conundrum, though, isn't it? Like that's the that's the thing that people are always arguing over. To what extent do you um, provide, and what age can people retire, and so on? Uh, I don't think it's fair, to be honest, that we have to keep pushing the age forward. I, I, you know, me, Steve. I don't like the concept of work anyway. So um, if it was up to me, none of us would ever work. But here we are. Uh, we we decided to crawl out of the ocean and develop legs so here we are now having to work <laughs> nine to fives it's on us it's our fault but hey yeah. you know if, if yeah. that, whatever that ancestor of mine was that decided to become a human you know because of him now i have to work at, at least we've got only fans this is our saving grace one thing we know there's a supply of horny people in the world and that's it so yeah I mean, that might become a new niche market man who knows the vrp plus um so yeah this is our new product guys uh Surprise, surprise. We're basically going to go into release. Yeah, we're not on OnlyFans. I just want to squash that before (laughs) it even becomes a conversation point. But yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I just thought I'd just bring that up. I thought I'd just bring up that there there isn't really a miracle cancer drug, although there has been a, you know, it's it's great that there has been that kind of um, Mm. drug found. It's not not there just yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just playing out the scenario. I mean, it's all fancy, but um, if we do have a population head that is way older, obviously the younger people will have to uh, work harder, actually. I I think it won't be people working longer. I think the younger people will work like double as hard. How how much harder can the younger generation work is my question. Mm, Well, I mean, what more can we fucking do, please? I mean, we've we've dropped the the whip and I think eventually we'd have to pick that back up for scallywags like you who don't want to work uh but yeah no you're right uh, it's, it's pretty messed up i think well let's not think that far hopefully everyone dies uh, nice and early so yeah, that yeah. you know you can live fast when you're 20 how about that come on come, come on, on. that's that's, that's what i'm after let's get as many deaths as we can mm, i'm feeling that and, and on that happy note i think we should uh, end the podcast early so thank you very much for listening um We'd like to release a very special episode soon. So keep your ears out and eyes out for a special guest. Um, and yeah, Aaron, do you have any, any no, last no, comments? No, no, that's all. That's all. 
So we'll see you next week. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.